Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back! Whoa, I'm really balding. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the Babylon Pastors Podcast with your host, Michael, and... Oh, uh... Goodness. We're going to have to start again. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm Rob. Well, uh, as we babble. Blah, 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 blah. It's true. I appreciate you guys that listen. The fact that um, you do is still mildly surprising to me. But I appreciate it. Hopefully this is, this is what, what, what are the buzzwords on YouTube? Uh, hopefully this is valuable content. If it is, leave a like. All the time if I hear not, that. Leave a like. <laughs> you get it just leave a like so help the algorithm so so this month we are talking about um some of the uh phrases that uh and some of the statements i guess statements would probably be better word uh quotable tweets might be another word for it here but some of the statements made at the uh 2021 ligonere conference that rob here got to go to and some people other people didn't get to go to and so so we're talking about the the some of the takeaways uh that he had from that this month is more of a light though really last episode wasn't super light so it's interesting how these can become pretty good conversation starters so what is the the uh the the quote that i am unaware of now that we're going to talk about i have a dream no way that's that's a different that's a different quote um Four score. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, okay. No, nothing For, of Abraham's suit. Most of the people uh, that watch this maybe didn't even understand what I just was quoting. Oh, hopefully uh, people know Martin Luther King Jr. and Abraham Lincoln's I'm talking about Abe Lincoln. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, quote from who's this from? This is also from uh, Robert Godfrey. Just a fountain of wisdom, that Robert. I guess. Uh, he, he said, um, so this is during what he called the sex talk, okay? Where he, he was, uh, so they these guys who who uh, teach at these things they get assigned the subject. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, he he gets up at the very beginning. It's called like uh, honoring God with our bodies or something like that. Oh, okay. And so uh, he he gets up and says, I'm not sure why they assigned me the sex talk. And everyone laughed, right? And then he said, he said, perhaps it's because I'm the hottest. And then he said, I don't even think I can say hottest at a Ligonier conference. (laughs) (laughs) He, He concluded it was simply because he was the oldest. Um, I don't know, but it was hottest probably- and oldest normally are not things that go together, <laughs> unless, of course, you're referring to me. But usually, those two things are not why it's that's not, it's usually don't mean the same thing. <laughs> so, part of part of his um, uh, part of his sermon, because uh, that's really what it was, mm-hmm. um, was directed toward the kind of sexual revolution that we're seeing. And that we have been seeing since yeah. before you and I were born, honestly. Yeah, it's been, yeah, been a minute. Right? Um, but, uh, and 
our um so i'm going to couple two quotes into one statement okay right so uh one of the things he said was 95 percent of sexual sin is heterosexual sin oh yeah so uh we need to begin at home that's the quote um and then the second quote is really what i was going to go with here but where he says we who are indignant about sins we don't like have to be just as indignant about the sins that we do like. Preach. Holy cow. Yeah. That was a yeah. pretty good one, right? No, that that's was good. Yeah. You said that and I was like. <laughs> no, I think, no, that's, yeah. Well, and I think it's good to couple those two together to, to, to get some sort of, I mean, some sort of context and consistency there. Um, but no, yeah. Well, here's the thing. A lot of the conversations I particularly have with people in regards to the sins that the church seems to hold, and in some regards, depending on your context and the church you've been a part of, may actually hold higher than others. Um, the, the, the the counterpoint is always like, yeah, but here are these sins too, um, which I think is incredibly important to mention. So anytime like I've ever preached through, for example, um, the, like some of the times where Paul says, you know, the kingdom of God will not be inherited by, and then he goes through the list. Um, I think we have to acknowledge that like, for example, parent haters and gossipers and liars are in that list and to really flesh out what that means and what that looks like. Um, because you can make compelling arguments because of hypocrisy that we see in the church. So I think what he's saying here, I mean, just within what I've got, what you gave us here is, uh, yeah, that should be a pretty big slap in the face to the church in the regard, like a wake up, like a, Hey dummies, like you can't just be over here. I think here's a, here's a, here's a good example that at least I saw growing up. Um, and occasionally now I see a little bit where, yeah, you'll harp on homosexuality all the time, but then there will be like these, uh, sexual innuendo jokes, right. Between, you know, Christian guys on some men retreat. So you're kind of like, okay, but like, where's the consistency at, right? If we're actually holding up, um, you know, some standard here that you're going to claim is biblical, which on one hand is biblical. I mean, there, is, there are sins that are stated out, but then you ignore the other ones that are convenient or don't necessarily affect you right away. So, so for example, a pastor would probably be more than happy to stand up and address the cultural uh, climate and views on transgenderism and homosexuality, and they would be right to do so biblically. But they would be very hesitant, likely, to stand up and then uh, address uh, the known and open gossip of uh, the men and or women's ministry within the church and address that head on. Because that, <laughs> that, that's going to hurt them more, right? That's going uh, to that's that's sting a bit more because people are going to be more upset about that. On that same note, I think, and this is where just from, from somebody that preaches not as often as every weekend, but somebody that preaches, I have to when I'm preparing, acknowledge and, and understand like how I'm wording this. So when I address, if I do address gossip, for example, I know that there are some walls that I have to work through in how I word things and how I come to that because of how someone's going to react. I don't think pastors by and large handle the issues of let's say homosexuality the same way. They think they can just plow through those because they're not offending anybody in church when 
by and large, the statistics don't prove that. The statistics actually prove you probably have a lot more people in your church that struggle with that than you think. But they're much more careful with the gossip part or the lying part uh, than they are the adult or and even the adultery for, for heaven's sake, that part than they are with some of the more things that are conde- like condemnable. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I, <laughs> I think we could have just been like, yo, we dropped a fire quote and be done because, <laughs> because it's really good. Like he's right. He's like, uh, it, I think it really draws out and points out how, we talked about it last month, I think, where sometimes we let culture drive our theology. And when we do that, it gets really dangerous because then we do show it purposefully or unpurposefully like preferential treatment, depending on what you struggle with. So there's been, there's been churches that I know of sadly that would condemn homosexuality open, but then allow a guy and his mistress to sit in that same church and they don't even address it. And you're like, but, but that dude, but, but that, does anybody got to talk about that dude? <laughs> like, what, what is this? Um, so it, it, at, the, at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. Like it's sending a message, a pretty clear message to people that some, some sins are okay <clears throat> and some sins aren't, aren't. So good luck with that. It still happens to be the ones that you guys are difficult, you know? Yeah. The ones that aren't. So, yeah, I, I, my, go to with that such were some of you passage that always comes up in this in yeah this topic is that he begins it in a way that we we don't focus on how he begins the statement <clears throat> um <clears throat> but he says in it's first corinthians 6 for those of you who are listening or watching or whatever um it, Six, nine through 11. That's what we always read with that such for some of you passage. And, and it says this, uh, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And then he goes through the list, neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters or adulterers or men who practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy. And so we think about, okay, well, greedy or drunkards, it says here too, or revilers or swindlers. And no, no, no. That's just an arbitrary list of stuff that he thought of as he was writing this. He started with, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And that, that word for unrighteous can also be translated wrongdoers. Mm-hmm. Pretty much means all of us. Yeah, yeah all, everybody. <laughs> you could agree that everyone with a human heartbeat, apart from Jesus Christ himself, fits into that category mm-hmm. and so the point the point is is not necessarily to single out any one sin as paul is doing that even though he lists some and homosexuality is one and was one before luther um but even though he lists it in that that list the point is not that that is a sin and this is a sin and this is a sin. The point is that there's hope past those sins. Yeah. Right. Because none of us will inherit the kingdom of God. Right. Um, but such for some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. There's the, there's the bone. Yeah, there's the big. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, but we, we, the church have done there, there was one young lady I told you last in last week's episode. I told you that I did a, a Q and A with our youth group, 
And one young lady specifically, you could tell, was struggling with the homosexuality yep. topic when I talked about it. And she was getting frustrated as I was talking. And she said she was polite, but you could tell she was kind of fired up. Yeah. Um, and she, she said, um, the very thing that we're talking about, she said, why is it such a big deal that this is, you know, this is the sin when, when there's so many things that, that church people do that are whatever. Yep. Right. Um, and I said to her first, firstly, um, we have done a terrible job as the church. Mm-hmm. Church has historically, at least in the this generation and, and the couple before it, the church has done a really bad job of singling out things um, that we don't struggle with um, on a daily basis and calling them rank sins against God, right? While ignoring the things that need to be dealt with in our own lives and in our own hearts. Um, and then I told her the second reason that you hear homosexuality in those talks a lot more is because homosexuality and gender and these types of things, those are the, um, those are the source of a lot of the bullets being fired at scripture and Christ mm-hmm. and the Bible. Now, um, no, nobody in the secular world is saying, um, is trying to force us to be greedy, right? Or, yeah. or trying to force us into some other, uh, into saying that some other thing is okay or, or whatever. So that's, those are two reasons why I think that, that homosexuality is part of the conversation. And a lot of times other things aren't. One, they should be. And two, those just happen to be the bullets being fired at, at us, right? Yeah. And so, so those are the things we have to address. But we have to address them while... Uh, treating the sins that we do like as in being as indignant about those. Um, and too often we're not. And that's the, that little girl that was in the youth group that night. That's the message. That's how they feel mm-hmm. about, about it because they're getting hit from people on one side who are saying, this is, I can't help but feel like this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how, I'm, I mean, if it's wrong, okay, but I can't help it, right? I just like the same sex. And so you're left going, okay, while these people are preaching against them and uh, something that they're saying they can't help, um, and living life not in an awesome way, sometimes, I mean, this is what they see in the they see so it is confusing to Mm -hmm. to a youngster who doesn't you know um so anyway i I think that us not doing what godfrey is saying in this quote has been the historical source of a lot of people um thinking and and um claiming the church to be a total joke yeah well and i think the core the core of his quote it really goes back to consistency in the sense that, um, so where I would have agreement, uh, one of the few points of agreement that I would have with some of the people that I know that would like fit into that category of progressive Christian is that, that one of the reasons that they would, they've kind of fallen into that camp or lean toward that camp is because of the inconsistency. 
So they see, for example, um, you know, sort of a corporate mentality when it comes to church structure, um, sort of, you know, this money machine churning out, you know, for lights and paychecks and things like that. And they look at that and they, they, they see, you know, they're like, yeah, but that's just as bad. <laughs> so uh, and, and I think this is where inconsistency of the church actually plays a part. I don't think it's the main thing by any means, but it definitely plays a part in people leaving the faith a bit because uh, the inconsistency is so bad that they go, well, if it's either, you know, uh, hate these people, but I can pick my sins or be more consistent with what I see in the gospel, I'll go over, over here. And in going over here, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of loss of what we've talked about last episode, as far as like, you know, biblical Christianity, I believe the word is God's, you know, inspired word. Um, so ironically, in a sense, they become more like Jesus, even though they start believing less in Jesus, if that makes sense, because they, 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 they want to live like he, he lived and taught, but they don't see that in the church. But ironically, when they're over here living like the people that want to live like Jesus, those people have a fairly low view of scripture in regards to, is it, is it the God's word? Is it, you know, can we believe it all? Um, so in some cases, not all by any means, but in some cases, those people that I think that's kind of the draw over there. They're, they're saying, Hey, you know, we just want to be like Jesus. We don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be arrogant. We want to be forgiving. We want to be, you know, loving, um, and that's just off-putting. So they leave uh, because of the inconsistency and unfortunately end up in a place that isn't biblical, but for them looks more biblical, like more accurate to the biblical picture that we see presented. So I think I love what he's saying in regards to just be consistent guys. Like just, and I think that starts on just the way church is set up and not to put too much pressure on the pastors, but I think that starts at least at the pulpit where you address the fact that <laughs> you're right. Not to, but it does start at the fact that when, when I get up, for example, just put the pressure on me a little bit. When I get up once a month and preach, um, I have to be really careful about what I'm saying in regards to w how much weight I'm putting on some things and not the other and being very clear uh, about, you know, okay, yeah, I know this is, the, and I've, I've, I've tried to be as consistent as possible in that regard of saying, you know, you know, in, in some, in some instances, actually, you know, not putting as much pressure on. So if we're going off the, the verses in Corinthians there that you talked about, not putting as much pressure on the homosexuality thing and, and putting more pressure on the gossip and liar thing, because I know we've been so unbalanced. Mm -hmm. So, I think just that consistency will go a long way. And again, I think the aggravating part, at least for me, is that that's going to take time like to be built into people mm -hmm. um, for us to understand that and to see that, that the ironic part is you're preaching against the sin, but you're also being arrogant when you do it. So you're being just as sinful when you're doing that. Um, and try not to push away that young lady in your youth group, for example. Um, because if we're not careful with those conversations, somebody that really does want to love Jesus will leave because of the way that we, we put off how we're loving Jesus. Yeah. And she doesn't want to leave, but she, she has to make a choice. And, she, you know, you're not, sometimes the church doesn't give a good consistent answer. So she goes, well, obviously the answer is not here then. So she'll yeah. go find a way to love Jesus somewhere else, unfortunately. So I, I think them. the consistent thing is key.
Yeah, and we, um, we I think, uh, the world tends to look at the message of Christ and um, and when I say the world, I'm not talking about the unbelieving world. I'm talking about the whole of us, all of yeah. human. We tend to look at the message of Christ um, on one extreme or the other, again, without mm -hmm. balance of both. And so um, where I think that um, this lack of consistency you're talking about, we saw that growing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw it. And that's one of the excuses that I used for a long time to run. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that inconsistency. And I think a lot of, uh, like you're saying, it's true of a lot of, uh, especially young people today. Um, and so we're raising up a, uh, a generation who now, because of the inconsistencies that they've seen growing up, they're determined to be consistent. Even if it's wrong, they're mm -hmm. determined to be consistent. And I think that um, the message, the message that I, and, and I'm probably not gonna articulate it very well because I'm just just puking yeah, up. We're riffing here. Mind, but, but the message that I, that I would have for that crowd is, um, is, absolutely the inconsistencies of the church have been in the, the past generation or so have been her falling point. They really have been like we've, we have called others to repent and never looked in the mirror, right? The, that we still tend to have these huge logs in our own eye while trying to get the splinters out of other people's eyes. And, um, and then when it gets brought up, we just don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Until until we have a Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. And then we talk. Yeah. Then we're going, oh no, there's sexual sin. Talk about it. So we're forced to do it. But um, but but I would also say like the the message of Jesus um at, in any of the gospels when he begins his ministry um is what? Uh, something like, depending on the gospel account that you read, is something like repent and uh, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Or, repent and believe in the gospel. And um, so there is this this beauty and love and forgiveness and gospel message offered. That's the point. That's why he was here. But he began with repent, repent, right? And so we, at the same time that we're, that we're fighting for consistency and trying to be real in ways that we haven't seen other people in past generations maybe be real around us. Not that all, I don't want to paint the picture that everybody in the past generation, mm -hmm. but, but that, that by and large, this is the reputation of the church going into the toilet is because of that, because we've been inconsistent. And as we see that in the rearview mirror a little bit, we also can't forget that this this is the actual plumb line. The scriptures that this is what it is. So so let's be consistent. Let's be open and honest and real about our struggles and what's difficult and whatever. But we have to be real with it, not just um, uh, frivolously accepting any any old thing. Well, yeah, like, don't go from one extreme all the way to the other extreme. Right. Yeah. 
you need to we need to correct what has been going on not invent a whole new thing mm -hmm. um, that's going to lead the next generation to then go back to i mean that's just how it works yeah. your kids then kids <laughs> your kids are just going to end up being the same bible thumping jerks that you hate mm -hmm. because your consistency but your consistency into whatever truth is your own truth and blah 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 this is not true <laughs> there's a That's lot said there truth, yeah right? yeah yeah no so i think so how let, let's kind of wrap this up then so we've established the fact that i think obviously we've, we both said it that consistency is the issue here within the church um and making sure that we are now again reinforcing the point that i already said i don't think that's not a quick fix uh, at mm -hmm. all but how do what are your thoughts especially from a pastoral position your thoughts of maybe the top two three things that the church can do uh, as a body not again not the big c church like local churches because that's where it's going to happen it's not there's no pope over the protestant church it's going to go you're all doing this now but as local bodies of believers what are the couple things that you think would be the best way to at least, you know, put some sort of fences here on that road so we don't go into the ditch and say, okay, we, we just need to, we need to address the inconsistency, but this is what we need to do in order to maybe, maybe repair this, uh, this, this, um, this riff that the church has with people while at the same time being faithful to the word. So um, two things. Uh, pop in my mind immediately. One is we need to know the word and we need to know that it is the word of God. Um, because so far too often I see, um, you know, I know that abortion is wrong or I know that um, scripture talks about homosexuality being wrong or I know that scripture talks about this or that or the other thing. It doesn't have to be those major topics. Yeah. Um, but and then we try to square that with culture, right? Instead of just taking the word of God as the divinely inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God, period, right? And if that be true, if I actually believe that that is true and that's what this is, then everything else has to square with this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, to go, I know scripture says this, but this, right? If, and so we, we, need to, we need to have this as the parameter. It, it has to be the, the defining thing. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, it, it, again, if, if it is the word of God, well, then it's the word of God, right? And, and that's the thing yeah. that trumps everything else, right? Even Trump. And um, when uh, the other thing is that we have to be more honest. Mm. Yep. And this, this goes back to the, to the trying to meet in the middle between that extreme of just, oh, Jesus loves you no matter what, right? And, and homosexuals are going to hell. I know I look at porn every day and it doesn't matter. Homosexuals are going to hell, you know? Like we can't yeah. be either of those stupid things, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, from a practical standpoint, one of the things that I try to do in leading from the pulpit is I, I try to make it clear when I'm up there, this is not Rob preaching at you, but rather I, I have had to struggle with this just a week ahead of you 
Yeah. That's the only difference. I just got here before you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I am, I, I try to, um, when I say something hard from scripture, that's just difficult. And it's like a, a call calling us out moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very quick to say, I struggle with this all the time. And I don't, I don't remember growing up with a lot of that. No, I don't know if I ever, yeah. With a lot of honesty from, from the leadership in, uh, in the, the church world, no matter the capacity. And I think that, that alone will begin to go a long way and making everyone else then follow suit and being honest about things with one another. And like, because the message is not, um, the, the message to the, the world isn't homosexuality is a sin and you need to knock it off. The message is homosexuality is a sin. And I struggle with so many things that are hard for me to fight. And I would love to walk with you through that. I, I know what it's like to like love something and it just sucks that it's not okay. And it's not part of God's plan. And we, we do it in a come alongside you way mm-hmm. rather than, yeah, it's a sin. Have a good life, you know? <laughs> which yeah. is the historically what we've done. So we have to, we have to use the word as the plumb line, but we have to be honest about where we are not indignant uh, toward our own sins and our yeah. own, struggles. the sins that we like, he said. And I, I like how he, how he put that because yeah. that's just true. If yeah. we're honest, you know? yeah, so you like it. That's why you don't address word, it. Know that it is the word and be honest about how you don't obey it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that would go a long way. No. And it would like, just not that I have anything to add to that, but I do um, kind of as an insight to that, a lot of the people that I talk to, or let's put it this way. Not only the people that I talk to, a lot of the people that I know that have, and I keep using the word deconstructed because that's the word they use, but it's basically them leaving the faith. A lot of that comes down to, um, Honestly, as much as we talk about the churches we grew up in and the experiences we had not being the greatest, um, apparently quite a few people had it way worse (laughs) in regards to the leadership they had over them because there's people that literally weren't ever allowed to ask questions. They just weren't. I mean, it it was pretty clearly stated that if you have a question, that's too bad. That's the word of God. That's how it is. And I think, like you said, just to kind of, bring that conversation into your statement. I think it it goes a long way to say, look, this, this is the foundation of what I believe at the same time. We're welcome to ask questions of it because it's not, God's a big God. He can take your questions. Uh, Now you may not like the answers that he gives and you'll have to react however you want to react to that. But it's not as if your question is the first time that question has ever been asked. Like, there have been, there's, there's reasons for creeds and catechisms like there, because guess what? You're not the first person that's asked that type of question before, or even that specific question before. Um, so please, like, I think that's where it comes. Like you said, it's the, look, there's our foundation. Go for it. Ask it all the questions you want. Um, because God is a big God and he's dealt with this before. <laughs> he's not, he's not like, Oh, I've never thought of that. Why does, I don't know why guys have a British accent, but the, the the point is it's not like he, it's it's never it's never been addressed and i think sometimes people think that so when they start asking questions uh and they start getting answers 
usually from people outside of the Christian faith and they go, Oh, well, yeah, this is all a sham then because they were never allowed to ask questions before. And when they do, they ask questions and get answers from people that aren't in the faith anyway, or have already left the faith in general. So it's like this one sided answer. Um, we do need to do a really good job of being consistent at the same time. I love, and it's, it's still in my head. I think this is months ago. You brought this up on a podcast, but in your small groups, like you guys sit down and you just go around the circle and be like, yeah, this is my testimony. This is what I struggle with. And just making it a real thing to where if I'm there and I've never been there before, and I don't know a ton about you, but I think, I mean, you seem pretty perfect. Like you seem like you got your life together. I now see that, oh, okay. This wasn't always how it was for this individual. Um, and just being open in a, in a safe space, obviously, about that struggle and about those questions. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I agree with everything that you've said. I think, I think of course. That, uh, yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I have to. You guys don't know this. It's his podcast. I just show up and talk. And oh, that is not the I mean, case. Sometimes you have to re record because I've said something he doesn't agree with. And um, also a lie. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with uh, lying. Uh, and I just want to be open about it. Um, Thank you. Thank and, you for, for being open with the group. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I just, I just want to be open about it. But I, I'm only open about it because truth is, it's mine. So it doesn't matter. Oh <laughs> <laughs> there there was the road and whatever <laughs> no yeah i i think that we um i i think that we we have uh an obligation if we're going to disciple the next generation and honestly it's not because uh we are better than them in any way it's just if we if we look at um exactly where we are at um, in, in society, if we look, um, you and I, right, like in our age bracket, right, not the, the younger, um, you know, most, well, I guess I can't say this because I don't know. It, it would seem to me that most people in their 40s and um, mid 30s or whatever, that the TikTok world is, I'm sure that some of us do that, but it's mostly youth. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's the, it's the 20 and below kind of mm -hmm. for the most for sure. part. Right. Um, and so I, I don't want to um, pretend for a second, like we just know more and that they're insignificant because they're not the whole point of what we're doing is because we understand how significant the next generation is and how important it is that they, that they know and learn from our stupidity honestly, and our neglect and our mistakes. And that as, as we can look at the generations before us and see holes and things that just didn't, that didn't make sense. But what we also have to do at the same time, if that's all we do, we're going to end up all just being crazy people. We also have to look at past generations and look at the things that they did well mm -hmm. and the things that worked the things that, and one of the things that past generations have done well is, this is the word of God, it's non-negotiable. Um, it's just how that comes off when we don't deal with our own sin and when we don't say it in a way that's empathetic toward people who are just struggling with sin 
the same way that we do, right? I think the in, in a perfect world, we just marry those two things together in a way that that is that is feasible and that doesn't come off just I mean, at the end of the day, the gospel is gonna come off to some people like all they're gonna hear is you're a sinner and you need to repent no matter how you say it. Yeah. And some people all they're gonna hear is Jesus loves you no matter how you say it. But both of those things are true, man. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we need to we've got to we've got to figure out how to be honest, how to be uh, empathetic toward toward what's going on, and and we're only unempathetic when we don't understand or deal with or want to admit how mm-hmm. how crappy of a person we actually are. And and I think if if we if we're honest and we have a mirror handy while we're talking to someone else, right? Um, and and yet unwavering in standing on the truth of the word, right? then I think that we have a much better future on the horizon if that's mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. But now agree. Who thought adulting would be this hard, right? Okay. <laughs> kids just wait till you got bills, man. All right. Well guys, thank you for listening and watching. Hopefully that conversation was helpful. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.